Hello, and welcome to another episode of Gimme Danger Radio. I am your host, John Massel, coming to you from my living room here in Portland, Oregon. You just heard Boys Life with the song Friends for That from their 1996 LP Departures and Landfalls. That record actually got reissued in 2015 by Top Shelf Records. It was pretty hard to come by vinyl copies of the record um, before the reissue. And if you did, you'd have to pay like 70 bucks for it. So now you don't have to. Now you can just go to Top Shelf and buy a reasonably priced copy that sounds and looks really great. Before Boy's Life, we had the Farewell Bend with the song Heads Down from their 1998 LP, In Passing. Uh, that, too, just got reissued this year, February 26th to be exact, on Spartan Records. Um, and if you haven't heard that record, I suggest you check it out. Go to SpartanRecords.com and grab a copy of it. Before the reissue of this happens, much the same with the Boy's Life uh, record, you it was hard to come by copies of it and when you did sometimes they were pretty pricey but now you don't have to worry about that just go to spartanrecords.com and grab a copy of that and while you're there check out the assertion um record that's up for pre-order that's got william goldsmith of sunny day real estate on drums pretty cool to hear him playing some music again also check out some other releases on spartan namely the giant's chair lp giant's chair lp is killer too so yeah head over to spartan records and grab that Farewell Bend record as well as check out some other stuff from Spartan Records. But this, these two bands tie in to who is our guest on the show today. Our guest DJ and interview is Mr. Brandon Butler, who played guitar and vocals in both Boy's Life and the Farewell Bend, and also was a member of the band Canyon, a member of the band Six Bells, and also did some solo work. I had a lot of fun talking with Brandon about his songs that he picked for the show today, as well as some other things you hear our conversation kind of goes on for a while. I am terrible. I don't know how to edit these things. I don't know how to use any of GarageBand or Ableton. I'm, I'm not technically savvy with those things. So when I do interviews, I just do them on Zoom and I just post them as is. I, I don't know what to tell you. That's just, that's, that's, that's what you get. But it was a lot of fun. I had a great time talking to Brandon. But before we get into the conversation and his songs, I just want to say if you want to reach out to me, you can email me at gimmedangerradio at yahoo. Send me some suggestions on the show, uh, any song requests, any guest requests that you may have, or maybe you want to be a guest, anything at all. Just let me know. You can also shoot me a message over at Twitter and Instagram at gimmedangerradio. And also, while you're at it, why don't you rate and subscribe to the show. Tell your friends about the show. Support the show. Uh, if you listen to it on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe to it. Please rate it. Please um, put some suggestions. Anything that helps support the show would be great. So yeah, it was a lot of fun talking to Brandon. Uh, and you're going to hear all of that right now. But first, let's start off the show with his first pick out of his 10, uh, 10 songs that he chose for the show. But his first pick is the Smiths with the song There's a Light That Never Goes Out right here on Gimme Danger Radio. Take me out tonight Where there's music and there's people in the young and the light Driving in your car I haven't got one anymore Take me out tonight Because I want to see people and I want to see light Driving in your car Oh, 
please don't drop me home Because it's not my home, it's their home and I'm welcome no more And if a double-decker boss crashes into A strange fear gripped me and I just couldn't ask Take me out tonight Oh, take me anywhere and I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired Driving in your car I never, never want to go home Because I haven't got
sometimes I think I'll kill you Just don't let me fuck up, will you? Cause when I need a friend, it's still you What a mess
point on cornerstones and count the time and quarter turns to ten. Please don't confront me with my failures. I had not forgotten All right, that was Nika with the song These Days from her album Chelsea Girl. It is the third pick by today's guest, Mr. Brandon Butler from the band Boys Life, The Farewell Bin, Canyon, Six Bells, and his solo work. Brandon, how you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Good, good, good. Um, well, before we dive into the rest of the songs and even talk about the song These Days by Nico, what have you been up to during the pandemic how have you been holding up what's keeping I, you busy <laughs> i am i am working a lot i'm a um uh, primarily uh, an interior remodeling contractor um i have my business that i've had um oh i don't know it's been going on about 15 years now i actually started it with you probably know who fred erskine is yeah from June 44 and and the boom and and crown hate ruin and hoover he and i started this in dc and um they had a young their son was really young and mm -hmm. so you know dc was kind of unlivable with a ch child so they moved and i've been at it kind of doing it myself with limited help now for a long time and just i do bathrooms like i'll make your a fucking really cool place think shit and uh <laughs> It's you know a big shower stall and you know that's that's some of the stuff that you do. It's 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 really cool looking. It's really good. Yeah, it's fun, man. I get a little charge out of it. You know, I, I uh, just you know, I, like I say, I was just, I kind of work in the burbs and it's kind of a you know it's really interesting to uh, to get these little snippets because you know. Um, the farewell bin records getting reissued and so every once in a while somebody will send me a piece of press mm -hmm. and i'm like you know setting tile and or whatever you know and i'll get a little ding and i'll look at it and i was like oh fuck you know show the customer i was like hey check this out i'm, I'm in rolling stone <laughs> <laughs> i actually saw that i was like oh wow yeah. man it's only it, uh, you know 21 21 or i don't know how many 22 years after the fact but hey you made it but yeah so <laughs> we yeah i mean it's just yeah during the pandemic we were, you know we're raising kids dealing with distance learning and my, my wife um has been handling more of it than i have because i have to leave the house yeah <clears throat> so it's it you know just trying to get through it it's been impacting us um that way like it does everybody but playing a little music playing That's a good. little crying to play a little music relearning some of the farewell bin songs and um they're actually really difficult like i was I, I figured a couple out and i was like wow this younger version of me was fucking great on the guitar at that one moment at that one moment like the boys life stuff is easy i can teach it to anybody mm -hmm. it's just kind of a vibe like you have to kind of vibe into it but this this was like a lot of intricate like seeing how you know what i could do and and it was because it was i was the only guitar player yeah you had to fill the space 
yeah so that was just i'm sitting there and trying to figure it out and there's no videos there's one video and i'm uh, with the boys life stuff there's a lot of videos so i could say like oh that's right that's what i did and with this there's no footage so i literally have to relearn it <clears throat> i've been doing that just yeah. being bad being a dad trying not to you, you know. have two kids right yeah they're how old's your oldest the oldest just turned eight his name is silas and he is um i told him i said hey you want to kind of pop in i'm doing this this like interview thing and he's like <laughs> you know music yeah. and they're i mean he's like what is it i said well it's kind of like you know they talk and we talk about music and he's like that doesn't sound very interesting nice oh great cool thanks thanks but hey i will say this if you're if you're going by the like i remember the comedian pat oswald talking about how if he ever has kids the coolest record he's going to have in his record collection is going to be phil collins no jacket required and he's going to want his kid to hate him and he's like because if i do that I know I have done my job because my kid will turn out cool. Cause he's right. like all the kids that uh, my, my friends that like the, the, the cool hippie parents that let them smoke weed and listen to black Sabbath. They're all fucking lawyers now and they suck. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like Phil, right. Phil Collins and my kid will hate me and it'll be fine. So you're already there. Like he's already just like, you did. You're not cool. I could probably, <laughs> I could probably sing and play every, every track to Moana. Um, that fucking movie a thousand times <laughs> so we'd watch moana and and pixar shit and you know yeah that's that's kind of to be honest with you out of all the music i've listened to the most i swear going through the house i'll just start singing i'm all like what is this what is this i'm singing oh it's you from know? this child's movie i've seen a billion times yeah it's amazing <laughs> it's actually a good movie for all those it's pretty good man i just watched soul I don't know if you watched that one. Oh, totally. It's good. Yeah, it's really good. I dug it. I really yeah. dug it. Dude, that guy was on doing an interview. I think he was the the writer of uh, I don't think he was an actor. I think he wrote the script and um he was on like a <clears throat> what's it called? Um it wasn't a TED talk or anything, but it was basically like where um I'll think of it in a second, mm -hmm. but where they go on and they tell a story that like kind of changed their life. And apparently that guy, uh, his thing was about forgiveness or something to that degree. And he had, I think um, I caught the tail end of it, but he had accidentally at 14 accidentally with a gun accident, shot his buddy and his buddy died. Holy shit. Yeah. So the guys, I mean, the guy was talking and he was, you know, he was, I, I think that there was some sort of accident when he was a kid and it was, with a gun and he seemed like a, and i was like well, who the fuck is this guy i was like what where's this going like who is this guy and they're like so and so is the author of this and that and and you know also wrote soul i was like fuck we just watched that holy shit yeah so i'm oh, wow. uh, you know thinking wonder how that like that whole thing tied into it because again that's a good man these kids movies are kind of you watch them as an adult it's kind of deep yeah they're good yeah. they're good they're getting they're getting good the heart of Tafiti. The heart of Tafiti. That, <laughs> that that's what it is? That doesn't mean shit to you. It's the, no. the moment. I'm not giving it away for nobody who's, if you haven't seen it. It's no. good. Um, so the, the, the Nico song these days. <laughs> yes. 
why did you choose that song? What's what's the reasoning behind that being on the list? Well, because um, well, I, I love Velvet Underground. Um, I, I like yeah. I'm kind of drawn to music that, and it, well, okay, it's like this. I don't like like uh, pretty rock stars or things like that. Like mm-hmm. the folks like Velvet Underground. I mean, Nico was really attractive and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. But, but she had her fucking demons, man. She had her demons. Right. True. <laughs> and 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 it was like, you know, she really can't sing. And it's just this odd delivery that she has. And it's so strange and it's really beautiful. The the lyrics just kind of, you know, um when when she delivers them in her voice, it's just it's way more earnest and honest because here she is, this attractive person with all these demons hanging out with these total freaks and yeah. <laughs> this group and you know um but i tell you who also does a really good version of it is, is um greg Ullman. i've heard greg, that it's oh, really good oh god it's so good it's really good just, oh and i'll just listen to those two back and forth and it's like you know it was just winter time and so <clears throat> i think when i came up with this list of songs when you were like 10 songs it's really funny. A lot of them are really moody. So if you if you were to ask me in like two months, well, it might spring and ice. Oh fuck! It would be like you know replacements, right to spring, yeah. or it would be something that's like go for it. But it's all the it's it's basically the ten songs you send me. It would just be like the first suicidal tendencies record. Right, right. <laughs> just play this. Play that again yeah. and again. Yeah. Um. Before Nico, we had one of my favorite songs of all time. Freak scene by Dinosaur Jr. from the album Bug. I mean, Shit. what I mean, I mean, you being a guitar player and me being a drummer, Jay Mascus is incredible at both, like ridiculously oh, yeah. good at both. But as even as a kid, like that, I can't play. I, if you gave me a guitar, I could play your Ramon songs. I mean, I know those because that's right. about as far as I can go. But listen to I could listen to that dude play guitar fucking all day long. Yeah, and this song is like a perfect example of how he is a great songwriter and a great guitar yeah. player. Well, we the, the, I like that. We would take that. We had that cassette, mm-hmm. and um, we go to this skate spot in Kansas City, and it's just this island in a parking lot, probably I don't know six feet wide, and we would lay skateboards on it, and you know, you, you know, you get up there and you put that song on you get pumped i mean you i don't know how many times that song came on like on the boom we'd have a boombox and a skate spot mm-hmm. and it, when it rolled around it was like okay i'm gonna do this thing <laughs> and i have fucked myself up so many times because i get so pumped on that song you yeah. know and go go for something you know and then um but it's a perfect skateboard record i mean it's like you could just skate a ramp all day listening to that oh yeah man I'm sure yeah. I'm sure they did. I'm sure oh, people did. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love that song. That's just he is probably him and Paul Westerberg, just kind of totally different styles, but they're mm-hmm. they're pro. Yeah, Paul kind of doesn't really give a fuck and he's but he comes up with these genius ideas and then and he's he's a good player, but he's not, you know, yeah. uh, virtuosic at all. Yeah, Jay is like this shit is off the charts like he just <laughs> yeah 
it's pretty ridiculous. Uh, and then, oh, go ahead. It's amazing. He's yeah. amazing guitar player. Yeah. Um, and then to kick the set off, we had the Smiths with the song "There's a Light That Never Goes Out" from the Queen Is Dead. Why yes. That? I mean, I know Morrissey's been in the news for being an idiot, but he's kind of always been. In the yeah, that, that, you know, that's the first thing I'm gonna say. He's just like, you know, so Johnny Marr. I kind of like try to I try to like Morrissey's kind of like a an uncle that you don't want it the fucking family reunion like oh shit here he is yeah yeah, yeah. yeah like but but you know i don't know it's um again it's just really moody and um johnny mars guitar playing is amazing um yeah. and and it reminds me you of know, kansas city i was when i moved to kansas city from florida is like that I where you're originally from florida florida central florida and um winter haven florida um so when I moved to, um, to Kansas City, mm-hmm. of course, you know, there's a whole batch of new kids to hang out with, new yeah. girls alike, and new people and places to skateboard. Or, you know, instead of going to, we would go to, my friend Danny would take us to Janice Landings and the and Beecham Theater and um, a place in Ybor City called the Star Club. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were really young and then you get to Kansas City and we go to the outhouse in Lawrence mm-hmm. and, um, but you know in Kansas City I just kind of I don't know I took a liking to the Smiths and Dinosaur Jr. and, and kind of softened up a little bit because there weren't so many hardcore folks and that was just something that this that was a, a tape that was always in the car because I got picked up by this girl named Michelle Bachman she was like a punker and she'd pick up all the punk rockers in her mm-hmm. uh, she had this um ford ltd no it wasn't that cool it was a fuck man what was it it was like a it was an old 70s car and you know it had stickers and shit all over it and she was always playing smiths and so it was it was just you know really good time so you associate a song with a time and then morrissey comes around and fucks it up (laughs) how funny yeah i mean that's the same thing for me like that song in particular i could definitely pinpoint to like a specific period of time in my life yeah it's great that's what's great about music and that's why i like started doing the show and talking to people that i've been fans of their music and just being like well what made them what's what's their songs that make them go back to a certain time or what makes them do what they do so there yeah. you go yeah lyrics are very fitting for, for kansas city you know talking about the rain falling down on a humdrum mm-hmm. town and 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 it was it was just kind of like you know we were in high school it was uh, we kind of lived in the burbs in north kansas city and you know i was used to a school that was open in florida where you walked outside to get your shit in your locker and you could wear flip-flops and mm-hmm. bring your skateboard it was no big deal and then when i got to kansas city just the, the high school looked like from like the breakfast club it was like oh, yeah. a so I was inside and it was, you know, fluorescent lighting. And so it was, I'd listen to that song. Um, Cause the winters are really long there. They're long and it's, it's gray and kind of shitty. And, but that, you know, it, that, that really fit. You know? Oh yeah, man. I mean, I could totally relate being from Grand Rapids, Michigan, the winters there. Yeah. Brutal, brutal. Yeah. And, long. and just, it's like Portland, how it is in Portland during the winter. It's just gray. Gray. Except- in Michigan, it's really fucking cold and it snows a lot. Yes. So, 
Yes, it it was yes, but yeah, it's <laughs> that's kind of the again, it's like the whole winter thing. I mean, I'm I guess I'm really over the cold, so yeah, there you go. That was kind of a it kind of fit the mood of the winter in Kansas. Perfect. Um, we are going to go on to the next batch of songs, which kicks off with Minor Threat and Seeing Red from their 1981 filler 7-inch right here on Gimme Danger Radio. We'll be right back. Red, 
That was Sunvolt with the song Tear Stained Eye from their 1995 LP Trace. Trace? I almost said trance. Trace. Jesus Christ. Trace. Um, Sunvolt, I, I, it's weird. I, when the Sunvolt and uh, Wilco split happened after Tupelo broke up, um, I, I am a guy that went kind of more towards the Wilco side. But as I've gotten older, I've shifted more towards the Sunvolt side. But right. to me, it's the two of them together always. But anyway, right. this isn't about me. This is about you. Why did you choose this song? Uh, well, I got introduced to, to, to Uncle Tupelo because, in you know, in Kansas City, there was a there was a record store called Recycled Sounds, amazing record store. Mm-hmm. And Boys Life played there a bunch. And we were, um, we went to a show and there was a band on Caulfield called Frontier Trust. Mm-hmm. And they were like, and like had this Johnny Cash backbeat, but the guitar was punk and the singer would jump around. And it was, I mean, it was good. It was real. And so. Wow. I don't think I was, I've ever heard of them. Frontier Trust. They're okay. amazing. And um, Caulfield, all that old Caulfield, like Caulfield had a, there was a, I had a, a double seven inch by a band called Ditch Witch. You that know? sounds and familiar they, to me. Fucking awesome. I mean, it was, and I see, I don't even know where that is. It was on white vinyl. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I was talking, I want to say this, I, I'm going to screw this up. I, I think singer's name, I don't know. I could Google it, but Randy, maybe it's Randy. It's also mm-hmm. Randy. No, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, he, we'll just go oh, with Randy. I said, right. Fucking okay. Jimmy. Um, <laughs> what's, um, what's, I said, what, what's the deal with the country thing? Like, I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is like a blend. He's like, well, I don't know. I guess we're kind of like, kind of this like alt country punk thing. And I was like, kind of like, what? Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, there's this whole thing. I'm like, what? He's yeah. like, yeah, have you ever like, you know, there's a band not too far from here in Missouri called Uncle Tupelo. I'm like, no. <laughs> so I was in Recycle Sounds. I'm like, mm-hmm. boom, use copy. And um, um, Anodyne, maybe I can't remember. But I bought it. I took mm-hmm. it home. And I was hooked. So I go back and um, there was a guy that worked at Recycle Sounds named Jim. And Jim knew everything. And I was like, dude, I like this. What other shit is like this? He was like the the Google of like music. Yeah, and he's like, great with record stores back then. And there was always those people that just like, that's a thing that's not a thing anymore, really. It sucks. Yeah. Jim, I, I might be mistaken. I think, I mean, I, if I remember right, unfortunately, Jim passed away, but he was he was a very, very kind dude and was not like a record store guy that was like, oh, you don't have that guy to buy voices thing. Like, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Um, but no, he would, he would walk me over. He's like, have you heard of this guy, Steve Earl? Have you heard of, have you heard of this? Have you heard of that? <clears throat> and he's like, so in this country section here, you know, you're going to find Conway Twitty and you're going to find Merle Haggard. And, but let me show you some stuff. And he pulled out some shit for me to check out and I didn't have the money for it, but he's like, I'll put them on hold for you or we'll trade you something. So eventually like i you know picked up all this these records and um you know um man i just got turned on to to, to sunvolt and and i love jay's voice and his writing and you know canyon uh, uh band that i was in actually got to 
to be sort of well we were his backup band that's for cool. yeah for i think it was three tours and we made a, a live dvd at um in san francisco at i can't remember the name of the club i just know that boz skaggs owns the club <laughs> how <laughs> random is that shit yeah fucking random uh but we recorded a like a live thing and it was cool and then um the two of the guys from canyon because canyon dissolved you know just mm -hmm. like both do yeah and uh we just fought you know every band i've been in except for the farewell band we just like total fucking fought all the time about everything <laughs> uh, could not get along yeah. we were really so uh those guys a couple of those guys went on to play in sunbolt that's wild that man that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, but I've always, I've loved that band. I love Jay's voice. I love the way he writes. Uh, he, he, he really does. He's the, just the, how he, the, the narrative and the imagery he creates with just weird word structures. Like his solo records are really obscure in a way with his lyrics. And I mean, he's really quiet and he's not like a, like a in your face type of guy. Like, um, so I kind of always like, yeah, we're talking about when uncle Tupelo split. split yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of went more towards the J side and was like, I was less into the, the pop sort of, cause mm -hmm. Wilco had like a AM was, was it's a, a pop record. It's like it's a poppy, pop. Po it's like a power pop record essentially. Oh, but I, you know, I wanted to be cool. I could not be in the pop or, or, or fucking suit jackets or white guys with <laughs> now i wanted i wanted you know the you know the uh the silent kind of like yeah. you know, that's that's him i mean he's i haven't spoken with him in years but touring with him and you know uh hanging out with him a lot he's just he's um he's super chill and super quiet. So it's always been a kind of a mystery to me how a person like that can come up with like these really heavy, like, you know, um, lyrics and, and, and write that. It's, it's very simple. He does things, everything's very simple. First position never really goes up the neck on the guitar, but he, like Neil Young or something, he, uh, he's able to take something really simple and make it amazing. So and that's rare that's a rare talent you brought up neil young and that's yeah you're right like there's he neil does that too it's like a song you hear him play it and you're like i know what you're playing and it's very simple it's three chords but for some reason when you're doing it what he's doing yeah it just sounds great and your yep. guitar solos neil are one string just but yep. they're awesome <laughs> yeah i know i know it's amazing that's yeah. why I, that's why i say i always like my rock stars you know uh mildly talented and sort of ugly and which is you know with yeah so yeah, really on there's always something like that to it uh and before sunvolt we had fugazi with the song exit only from their 1991 lp steady diet of nothing now out of all the fugazi songs that there are you chose the first song off the record that maybe is probably their least favorite out of their catalog by most people i would say my favorite record that's your I favorite mean, one my favorite one and I, I i can take it i can pinpoint it i went to north oak it was what was it uh there's a mall in north kansas city um oak park mall north north whatever maybe one of my friends will 
see this or hear this and correct. <laughs> there was a mall and there was a, like one of those chain stores, right? Yeah. And I had, I had some food guys, all my shit was like cassette. Like I, 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 for convenience, I would buy cassettes. It was hard to get vinyl. I was stuck in the suburbs, mm-hmm. you know, and I would get tapes from other people, but I, I, that was there. It was the only one copy. And I was going through the stuff and I was like, fuck, there's a new Fugazi record. I didn't, I've not seen them. Yeah. Like I didn't get, I didn't get a newsletter or an email or it didn't show up on like. Yeah. They just kind uh, of appear back then. Yeah. There's no like, Hey, um, come on down to tower and get the new Fugazi record. I mean, but it was there. It wasn't a tower, but it was like a, but anyway, I bought the tape, you know, it came in those long things, the security shit. You had to go up and like, dude would take it out like i went home and i, I swear to god it, again it was it's always like raining or the weather's bad and um so it's just got like that you know that that riff that opening riff and it sort of kind of comes on and I, I remember just sitting there opening tape you know and smelling it and oh, thinking yeah. like and you know i love repeater and then everybody likes waiting room and all this other shit, but this was much more dark. It was weird. And yeah. And it was, you know, there are records like red medicine, not my favorite record. Mm-hmm. It's not my one. It's not my favorite one either. It's not, but it's that, good though. <laughs> it, and I've, it's just, and the cover's weird, right? It's got the mm-hmm. guy can get in there. Behind, like on the corner, like kind of looking, it's, it's definitely like this. You're right. Like if you look at the catalog, it's like, it's the dark it's, like that it's a darker record yeah um, it's kind of, yeah and not you know and again fortunately I, I i played music and stuck to it and 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 eventually you know uh got to meet those guys and, and uh, brendan candy's a good buddy and 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 you know i fuck i don't want to like interview him or anything but it's just like again like which i've been fortunate enough to meet a lot of people i really like yeah. their music and man i just wonder how they made that that record you know like it was just a real big shift and uh everything they did after that really i just kind of go back to that record and i think that's the high watermark they're all great yeah they're they're all really great and for me it's hard because they're they're probably my favorite band like ever yeah seeing them like i i liked them and then i saw them and it just like I liked them. I was like, oh yeah, I like Fugazi. And then you see him and it's just like fucking mind exploding. It kind of is, uh, you know, uh, not to be like fanboy guy, but it kind of is like a religious experience because they are really like all for one, one for all. They, I mean, you know, you know, people bitch that they get a little preachy about freaking out and dancing too hard, but Eh, whatever. I mean, but they, you know, but whatever, but they, um, you know, like I got to see, I think what was their last show at, at Fort Reno in DC. Oh, that's awesome. And again, it was dark. Like, you know, Fort Reno is like, a, is this a, I got to play there th- three years in a row, which is weird because you usually play one time and you have to wait a long time. And Amanda mm-hmm. Mackay was kind of, you know, she's, it was her deal. And, um, but every time I got rained out. Like I'd get one song in. <laughs> so I finally got to play there. And, um, but that was the thing. It started to get really cloudy. 
yeah. and it got really dark and DC air is super thick that time of the year and it's summer mm-hmm. and got this one this lamp this like street light type thing over the over the stage mm-hmm. and that's it and there's like a fuck ton of people out there right yeah and you know i mean yeah i would i would sneak you know it's, i would go we would go over to uh the, there's a liquor store next to the whole foods mm-hmm. but you know be packing their you know their beers or whatever and um man it was just a it was a eerie night weird feeling the light was you know kind of just in the right place and they fucking destroyed it and like it was just it was like and you know there was a little bit of lightning in the background and like it was going to get rained out like i don't want it to get rained out yeah and they finished up and i'm i want to say that like i remember like getting home and it really started to kind of rain and uh but yeah they're like it's a religious experience like it's magical the energy that those people have playing together and the, the different kinds of textures and moods that they can make and again neither one of those guys in my book is a good guitar player mm-hmm. i think joe lally and brendan are a fucking amazing rhythm section for sure for but sure. I, the conversation that happens between the two guitars just the energy mm-hmm. the way they amplifiers and the pickups and the 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 machinery that they have like they how they treat the guitars is how i feel like boys life wanted to be mm-hmm. so yeah i totally idolized that band and that yeah that that record when it came on like i was pretty young i got it when it came out i was in a high school yeah. and it uh dude it is just it was just like a i don't know just that like you say it's a time and a place yeah a lot for sure but really funny a lot of this music that i love is just like came from like you know like between like 90 and 94 95 mm-hmm. you know they say something what do they say like you, you you know after 30 you only listen to you listen to the same music after but you know i mean i'll i'll totally agree with that statement because a lot of the stuff i listen to is from the 90s right easily it just is i don't know how to explain it i i mean there's new stuff i hear that i like but Generally, the stuff I go back to is the stuff that I got into when I was a teenager or in my twenties. Yeah, I mean, if Fugazi's, if Fugazi's it, man, they're the, they're 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 the band. Oh, I mean, for they, sure. In fact, they're kind of like the punk rock version of the band or the Beatles. You know, I always mm-hmm. say that Spring is the punk rock Beatles. I mean, mm-hmm. because that sound, like I definitely Gee and Brendan, that mm-hmm. transferred into Fugazi, and like, you know, just like. You know, I didn't even, I, I, you know, love Minor Threat, Discord um, stuff. You know, I used to write in, you know, you get, a, it was in Thrasher. When Thrasher had like, it was like you, it was like newsprint. It would get all over your fingers. Yeah. And that's where I heard about Discord was, you know, through somebody's interview, they were a skater and we're talking about music. And so I'm sitting there like making notes, mm-hmm. trying to find the address and get a catalog. And I, I think the first time, I think I still have it too. I saved it. I wrote That's in. Cool. The, I wrote them a letter with a fucking stamp. Hey, I'm this kid. I live in Central Florida. How do I order your records? Well, next thing you know, I get this envelope. Boom! There's a Discord catalog, so you can literally, you know, like order your shit. Oh, mail yeah. order. I used to so, love. I used to love doing mail order. That was like one of my favorite things. And that waiting, the waiting sucked, but it was still also really exciting because when the package hit your door, it was like, "Fuck yeah, man! I waited six weeks for this shit." I know it's just you know, and I, yeah. I mean, I guess that's 
I guess there's just a magic to it that, I mean, I don't want to sound like a fuddy duddy. I'm sure there are people that are experiencing the same thing talking about, but yeah. Now, but, um, I suppose it was just kind of like special, like you'd hear about it or a friend would share it or, but there was no other way to know you happened upon everything. It, it just happened. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, I'm going to go buy this record. Maybe by the time like shellac was a band, like mm-hmm. I knew about the black record yeah. because I would go to the record store and there was a, po- a promo poster. Well, touch and go is always good about that shit. Oh, well, yeah, totally. And always so good about that. Yeah, but that, you know, again, 30 minutes into a, an answer, Fugazi, yeah. that record is, I think, top flight. And just that song being the first the first piece of it they put forward, it, it always it, it ties that record for me. I need to listen to that whole record again. You should. But, yeah. Before, uh, whoa, what was that noise? Oh, it's rain. It's pouring rain now. See? What, see, what, see? Yeah. I'm telling Fugazi. Um, and then before Fugazi, we had Minor Threat with Seeing Red from their 1981 filler 7-inch. Now, was this the band that got you into hardcore or I mean, into the, punk? The or? first hardcore band I ever heard was probably... See, my friend Danny in Florida had a car, and I just spoke with him. Like We're, we're keeping in touch lately. Um and he would drive us to see these shows. And so, like, you know, he had all these tapes and such. And so I, I guess the first hardcore band I ever heard was probably, I mean, I guess you could call it hardcore, was Circle Jerks. I'd consider that hardcore, sure. LA, LA hardcore, yeah. Yeah, so Circle Jerks. Um, and the first show that I went to, well, the second, well, the first show I went to was a, was a, a show, there was a band in Ybor City they were called the believers and so there was i think they were kind of they weren't straight edge but there was like a straight edge scene but that wasn't really a memorable show but the most memorable show like my first show show was the circle jerks and the weirdos that's pretty cool yeah and i got a black eye in the pit because this girl (laughs) this like lanky you know she was in there like bobbing her her bald her head was shaved bald and Mm -hmm. And so there was no cushion. So it went like right to my face and it swole up in the bathroom, you know, and there's like sweaty skinheads everywhere and it's just fucking chaos. And, um, you know, so yeah, I think I had heard minor threat just like the first time I heard it was on a college radio show that a friend of mine used to tape and give us the tapes that's and pretty so, cool fuck is this mm-hmm. what is this minor threat and i got a hold of it and that was my introduction into the discord dc punk you know yeah. and uh, and i was from central florida you know i was just, i was stuck in this fucking shithole town and i heard that song and he's just talking about he's red i'm seeing red it's just like he's it's like this angsty pissed thing and then you know to find out that these guys are you know thoughtful intelligent people making this music like from a from a more interesting place than just like a lot of the hardcore bands that just wanted to like fight and fuck shit up so it was like yeah so i fell in love with that shit and uh to this day like i i I will say that 
like hardcore punk, that kind of punk, Minor Threat, the, they're it. I think they're great. I mean, it's kind of funny how, like, I mean, when I got into punk, it was kind of a stepping stone. Minor Threat was one of the things you have to pass through. And it's still yeah. that way with kids. Like, when kids, young kids get into it, Minor Threat is definitely one of those things you go through. I've always yeah. wanted to talk to someone at Discord, like maybe talk to Ian and just be like, if you had to estimate how many copies you've sold of the discography of Minor Threat, that CD in the 90s, I wonder how many that that has to be like a million at least. I've bought it at least twice and lost it and shit. I mean, I we've got a CD box. We've got tons and tons and tons. I probably have. I, I mean, I can't imagine there's not a Discord record that I don't have either on cassette or on, on CD. And, and Michelle, my wife, mm-hmm. um, she too, you know, um, she lived in D.C. Um, she went there for undergraduate studies and then actually lived at the, the Jawbox house in Silver Spring, Maryland. And so, I mean, you know, That's it's cool. like, yeah, you kind of, I don't know, man. It's again, it's just like this. um you know, and minor threat, then I'll work backwards. You know, I was like, well, you know, then then you go back into the, you know, the 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 shit that like you know those guys were doing before and, and things like that. And then like it's always great to hear, you know. I always like listening. A lot of people might not like it, but uh I love it when Ian talks about like old DC bands and shit like that. It's it's really cool. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. Because they had their really did have their own thing it was yeah like, like real slicky boys and all yeah, that stuff was, yep just yeah. mostly slicky boys and then you know i never really get tired of looking at, at band in dc i have to say i've not yet seen not yet seen salad days you should That's, watch it it's free I'm, on amazon prime right now i'm an idiot but i just love that stuff and yeah minor threat was kind of my introduction into it and um and I, I know all those songs on guitar. That's another way I, I, I love that that band because they kind of introduced me to it was songs that, that like were super fast, but I could sit there and figure them out. Yeah. So, I mean, um, you know, I would sit there and just play guitar at a PVT 26 and, um, and, a, and a PV Rage little amp. <laughs> and I thought I was the shit, you know? Well, yeah, dude, I, I mean, these songs, they're, they're, like you said, they're not like super they're fast but they're not super difficult but it also teaches if you're a kid learning how to play guitar it kind of teaches you how to structure a song yeah i didn't give a fuck about pink floyd i mean yeah. i think about like that kind of guitar work yeah amazing now yeah. i'm like oh that's wow that's that's so inventive or you know like but that was the kind of guitar playing and, and the kind of production and the production value of it hey what's up <laughs> look this look this is what i deal with Hey. The smell downstairs. There's a smell downstairs. What do you think it is? It smells like burning plastic. What do you think of some of the music I listen to? Some of the loud music. That it smells like burning plastic. Like there's a fire going on somewhere. Is there a meth lab down there? Do you know what that is? Good. No. <laughs> right. Put that back on your nose. <laughs> Go put that on your nose. I don't know, buddy. Ow, 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 ow. All right. All right. All right. Well, coming up next, after the introduction of Silas there, we're going to move on to Neil Young and Crazy Horse with the song Cortez the Killer from the album Zuma, right here on Gimme Danger Radio.
Working all night, tell you everything is 
got family I lost all my dogs but they're still with me Five star view but I'm hurting inside Keep finding myself falling back on pride Ten or twelve drinks trip down inside me I Used to be a friend becomes an enemy And he's joking around It's gonna make me leave this town Yes, it's making me Mississippi, 
and the Federals are through. Well, I told us that our enemy will now be dressed in blue. They forgot them about the winter's cold and the curse of fever, too. My brother died in Wilson's Creek, and I seen him fall. We fell back to the Boston Mountains and in North Arkansas. Just like me In the devil's infantry And all the way to Fayetteville Won't curse my colors name And mourn the dead that was left behind That we was carrying the lame I killed a boy the other night Who'd never even shaved I don't even know what I'm fighting for I ain't never owned a slave so I snuck out of camp and then I heard the news next night The Yankees won the battle and McCullough lost his life Just like me In the devil's That was Steve Earle with the song Ben McCullough from the 1995 LP Train a Coming. So I would assume Steve Earle, since you mentioned him earlier, it was Steve Earle and Uncle Tupelo that led you into, you know, the alt country thing. So this is probably why the Steve Earle song is on here. This is what would you say? This is your favorite Steve Earle song? It's one of them. I mean, he's really he's like another he's hit or miss. Like he's made records that I just don't really care for that um, are kind of kind of hokey um but this one is like i mean this is kind of like a a protest song it, you know it's about um it's about two brothers who join the um i want to say it's the i can't remember it's i think it's the confederate army mm-hmm. and in the song you know it's like it's a good you know it's a good gig you get um you can eat three three squares a day or something and get you know, they give you a rifle that you can keep and and um you know it's you know you're then eventually like as as he's as he's fighting in this in these battles and wars he realizes that 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 uh ben mccullough you know mm-hmm. the, the 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 colonel the general guy 
you know, he just, he doesn't, he's like, yeah, yeah, there is Confederate because he's like, you know, I don't even know what I'm fighting for. I've never owned a slave, you know, he's, so he's like this poor, and you know, it's just like Vietnam or, or, or any war where it's just like, here's this kid who's fighting this rich man's war for this, no, this like bullshit, you know, cause. And, um, he, he does, you know, he deserts or, you know, he takes off and mm-hmm. he's just, it's, just a, it's an anti-war song, but it's from this perspective of like, you know, it, 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 it like, it, it's also, you know, it ties in race and just like where he's, you know, he's like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, this is bullshit. Like yeah. this disenchanted with, with war and, and how war is fucked up. And, um, too you know steve earl's like you know he's 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 a he's an amazing person he's really dynamic he's, he's written screenplays and and um i read i read his book he had a, a biography he put out um i read that and you know he was a drug addict for a long time and he's incarcerated a few times and mm-hmm. um i want to say train of coming was the record that he wrote the second time he got out of prison for a long stretch Hmm. it's just yeah it's just really weird he's a really weird guy man like in certain there's been pictures of him like he was really into like gangster rap what i'm fucking telling you man (laughs) it's amazing um again he's a person i got to i got to meet one time like and and uh all he wanted to talk about were uh how around nashville there are these there's either either there is there are these different um headstones and statues that are placed around for certain people um that have died that were you know like he would say like there was this one he saw there was a statue and this woman committed suicide by eating a bunch of pills i'm like well how the fuck does this he's talking about headstones and um he says, yeah, they've got this like Mother Mary uh, headstone and in her hand, if you look, there are little stones that they set to be the pills that, you know, there are all these, he, 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 he had this story that all he told me was he was on the Atkins diet. He was smoking cigarettes again. <laughs> um, so he was really kind of skinny. And then he told me that I should check out some various um mausoleums and headstones that had weird shit on them i was like what what do you what do you mean and then he would tell me he's like yeah there's this cemetery where this there are all these really weird fucked up um headstones i was like okay that's cool but that that i mean he's just an interesting dude and he you know and he you know he just lost his son Um, i know justin uh, justin towns actually lived here in portland for the last um Oh, I want to say he was living here for the last two or three years of his life. I and mean, yeah, the tragedy, man. Like, guys had a tragic life, yeah. and he's just, he's super out there, and yeah, just a interesting guy. He's, uh, I I agree with his uh, his views on the death penalty. He's really active in that. Like, he's you know um, anti death penalty, and mm-hmm. and he's outspoken and sometimes he says stupid shit like everybody says, but it's never like fucked up. He's not Morrissey or anything. No, um, <laughs> no, but um, no, I, you know, 
he just uh he's an incredible writer he's one of those guys too it's like same deal he's not pretty he can't mm-hmm. really play mm-hmm. but, but he's he writes a songwriter he's just a fucking amazing songwriter and that just and that song really cuts to the bone it's a mm-hmm. it's probably my favorite like anti-war sort of protest song i mean it's it's up there with dylan and all that other shit so i would agree i would agree it's amazing and then before Steve Earle, we had the Dead Men with the song Old Stone Bridge from their 2014 EP, Dead Men. Now, yes. are they from Louisville? They are a group of really good friends of mine from Washington, D.C. Ah. So, um, it's comprised of a fellow named Josh Reed. So when mm-hmm. Canyon broke up... Mm-hmm some of the members went to this band called revival that was on gypsy eyes records so there was the label called gypsy eyes mm-hmm. ec 2000 middle 2000s josh reed wrote a bunch of songs and he put it out on a record um, um called horses of war um on the gypsy eyes label mm-hmm. so he's in the band this guy um justin jones who's a, an incredible singer songwriter mm-hmm. um, kind of, I would stay in the vein of Steve Earle kind of he's in the group. Um, then they added uh, my friend, Justin Hoban, who's goes by John Bustine. That's his, all his records are John Bustine. Um, I think he's, he's, he's made, he's released one, but I know he's got like two or three records in the bag and they have very, I drummed for them for a little, for a live for a second, um, for a few shows. They've got this, um, bass player named John. I think his last name is Combs or Coombs. I can't remember, but he's an amazing bass player. He's fun to watch live. So anyway, these guys got together and they wrote a record. And I want to say that, that the nine thirty club was involved in releasing that record. Oh, really? And it is fucking phenomenal. And Old Stone Bridge, there's a bridge in Georgetown in D.C., mm-hmm. not very far from where Josh Reed used to live. And he talks, you know, again, it's just this, this, this story. All these songs are story songs. I just love story songs. Yeah. And um, it, 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 the lyrics will put you, because if you ever fly into D.C., you'll notice that when you fly in, you fly in over the Potomac. Mm-hmm. you don't like flying kind of planes don't fucking come in different directions like they do in other airports there's one flight path they all come in yeah and there's a corner and when the planes go around the corner in in the song he goes um he's down by the river he can hear the planes ghosting around the corner because they let off the gas there i mean they're not like zooming in that's right they just float in and you can hear them yeah. and it's up down and um I think he'd just go down there and take his beers or whatever and or some booze and just kind of hang out on that bridge. And um, I've been there, you know, and it just, it, that song will take you to that spot. And it, it really just, you know, it, it just have, have being been there, you know, I guess, and knowing those guys, but the, again, that, that, that the dead men are really, when I heard that EP, um, and i know I'm, I'm just sort of like how did you guys do this i mean it, it will fucking knock your socks off it, i can't I wait mean, to finish listening to it I, I bought it so yeah you cannot you cannot not like it every song is amazing 
and then um but um yeah revival's a good one john bustine has a record on gypsy eyes called waltzes and pleas mm -hmm. like like a plea yeah Not, yeah so um and i've played music with all those guys uh me and josh and john bustine have a, a band called the vickers of dick roy i think i've seen posts you posted some things of that where it's yeah are you, are you playing drums in that i'm playing drums and i'm not a drummer okay like <laughs> not, but i got really close well i can fool you yeah i can some people it just depends yeah you know I, um i've i've had some good drum mentors um darren's in tech uh helped me set up my first kit you know he's like now you want to get this snare you want to get this you want to get that mm -hmm. and so uh so i've been lucky to to ask some questions of drummers i played drum um amy dominguez who is a plays cello she she actually played cello on on, a, on fugazi the argument mm -hmm. yeah um she's also on your solo record correct mm -hmm. um and I played, uh, we did a tour out. We actually went to Portland. Um, we did a West Coast tour and I played drums for her band, Garland of Hours. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember that band. Yeah, it's a great band. It's a great band. I mean, it's uh, it's a lot of different people have played in it, but it's it's her thing. And so, yes, the Dead Men and Old Stone Bridge and they've and and they've got uh, a full length and an EP, and they're incredible, they're incredible live. And so, I mean, they've all moved. You know, everybody's kind yeah. of. But that record is is the sleeper record of whenever it came out. Two thousand fourteen. Fucking amazing! I can't was, wait to finish listening to it. That's so good. It's super good. Before the Dead Men. We had Neil Young and Crazy Horse with their classic Cortez the Killer from their 1975 album Zuma. Um, now, I I heard Canyon do a live cover of this. Yes. So I'm assuming this is one of your favorite Neil Young songs. I love covering it. It is incredibly easy to play. Mm -hmm. A child play it. <laughs> but you get to go up to your amp and just dime it out just every knob till they mm -hmm. break off and lose your shit and like you know the key of d or whatever yep you know just one string solos that you know uh, just it could go on for 20 minutes the lyrics great have you heard the bit uh the built to spill cover of it yes that one it's is 20 so minutes long fuck good well there's serious yeah it's great serious guitar work yeah but yeah it, it, it's just open and it's um and the lyrics yeah. are good you were right the lyrics to the song are great they're really good they're really good you know like i kind of feel like before white people came to this continent mm -hmm. it was pretty okay like things were good i like, mean I, yeah they were i mean there were like human sacrifices and shit <laughs> right you know aztecs would you know yeah montezuma may have or may not have cut some heads off or yeah or, but you know in the grand scheme of things they were probably pretty okay they were they were pretty okay i mean you know they 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 were incredibly i mean they were amazing you know civilization mm -hmm. and then 
here we come. You know, and we give him fucking smallpox. <laughs> it's terrible. Fuck. Yeah, it's horrible. We give him shit that makes COVID look like a allergy. Yeah, dude. But uh, yeah, it's just amazing. I did notice I was like listening to the song for like the 80th time. And I noticed he kind of shifts the narrative of it. Like he talks about Cortez throughout most of it. And then I think it's yeah. the last verse. He shifts it to like yeah. uh, a relationship falling Shit. apart. But only right. in, it's only like two lines. And it That's works right. so well. It's like great. And I know she's living there. That's it. Yep. I know she is. Mm-hmm. And then you get this like weird because it, it comes out like, a, you know, you get to have this guitar freak out you know just and who doesn't love it because it's just steady and just trancey and mm-hmm. get in this trance and then they're talking you know it's just it fits the narrative of the lyrics and then when it calms down it comes out of it like it, you know yeah you, there's this like weird little piece like what's what's neil thinking yeah like what, what's that did the so cocaine that, fog like wear off for a minute there and yeah but <laughs> did you see the un- what was it the director's cut of the last waltz like oh yeah f- dude it's just hanging there <laughs> it's just there it's just like this little rock and you're like and they 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 edit if you look at the the new director's re-edited version they took it out frame by fucking frame they took it out that sucks they took the cocaine out of neil's nose frame That's, that is bullshit i know <laughs> <laughs> uh all right we uh only have two songs left so we're going to talk about those two songs and then i'm going to let you get back to your life because you yeah. have kids and i i don't want to keep yeah. you much longer this has been fun but we're going to end the show with two songs <laughs> one is bob Seeger's against the wind from his 1980 album against the against the wind and then the last song of the show is going to be one of your songs sparks from your killer on the road record that's going to yeah. end us today um so how did before we talk about the Bob Seger song and why you put that on there. How did the solo record all come about? Like what, what was the story there? Like did Canyon stop and you were just like, fuck this. Can- I'm going to go do my own thing. Well, we, you know, we, it was a, I don't know, man. I think it was, uh, you know, if those guys were in the room with me, I would, I guess I would explain because essentially like they wanted to continue to be a band, but they mm-hmm. did not want to go. We had, the same with Boys Life, the same with Farewell Band. It all ends where you put all this work into it and you get this attention and you get to do these things. And we toured with Jay Farrar and we got to the West Coast and the, the tractor in Portland. Oh, okay, right? yeah. And we played. And at the end of it, like it was kind of the last show and Jay's like, what do you want to play? So we ended up playing like a, a little block of Rolling Stone songs and just getting having fun the place exploded it was a fucking amazing time and um you know it it all kind of when we toured home we toured home we said okay we're gonna play austin we're gonna play all these towns that we had just played it's gonna be great we've got some traction things are good um you know um we've gone to europe we did well there uh well enough you know we had a label uh, my morning jacket you know kind of was like they asked well who's the best or who's a band that you really like mm-hmm. and they oh yeah canyon they're a badass band they're a good unit mm-hmm. so mark and dick 
put our record out over there, reissued the Gurn Blaston record. And Is that Wichita? Yes. Okay. And so anyway, we had done all this shit, man. We were like, I felt like, you know, there was more. And like, we went to record with John Agnello in, in New York and we set up in the studio. We had these songs and they just kind of weren't, I could feel like the guys were kind of like, yeah, this shit's like getting a little too country. It's getting a little too rock and roll. It's not, I really think they wanted to go in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to make more ambient, layered, um, kind of stuff and i was at the point where i just wanted to write songs i had already i'd already started playing some solo shows and i'm not saying they were great but i was starting to do it mm-hmm. um so they just kind of like said well you know we're going to keep doing this and we don't want to we don't want to write songs like you're writing and so i was like fuck man that's a bummer and it really bummed me out and then folks like brendan canty amy dominguez uh I had these songs and they're like, hey, well, I'll play on your record. I'm like, what do you mean play on my record? What the fuck? You mean, you mean, you mean make a record? Yeah. Like get together and record and make a record? That's and, rad. Yeah, and then Jonah, um, I met Jonah because he was married, I believe. Uh, uh, they're not like social media people too much, but I believe Jonah and Mary are, are still together, I think. But they were they were dating and... um. I met Jonah and we got this band together and I, I did a solo record and uh, that was the first song. And it kind of, you know, it was the, kind of the first thing I'd ever done. I kind of took ownership of it. I was like, this is mine. It's yeah. not, this, not this guy's. I'm telling that guy, hey, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't say, I didn't say shit to Brendan. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you really don't need to. Yeah, it's like, all right, yeah, I'm going to leave you alone. But we came up, they all helped, you know, they they helped out. They were my band and they were, they were really cool, you know, and it was, it was fun to have a band and it was great. They, they were, it was, it was fun shit. And so that was the first time when I first heard that, like, I remember I took the record down to this bar I worked and we put it on the PA mm-hmm. and my friends were all, you know, we're all working there. We worked at a bar together three nights a week. And I put it on and we played it. And they were like, holy shit, you, you made a record. And it was the first time that like I, you know, did it myself. Like I literally did it by myself. You know, I didn't have to ask anybody or say, I want to do it this way or that way. Or do you like it? Mm-hmm. I didn't give uh, I didn't give a fuck. There was nobody to argue no because it's all you what does it matter and so it was that was kind of like yeah i felt a little i was like hmm this and so yeah i mean it i and and you know at the time i was kind of dc was fun you know people think it's a serious town and Mm -hmm. it's full of like straight edge old punk rockers it's a it was back in that those days it was a party town it was fun and so sparks is about kind of like you know maybe partying a little too hard or (laughs) But um, yeah, it's just a, again, it was just a good memory. I took ownership of something. It was the first time I had ever, you know. I don't think it's the best song I've ever written. I don't think it's. It's a great song. The record's great. Yeah, I think the record's solid. great. Yeah, yeah, I mean, back it, it holds water. It and and I I think for listeners that again that maybe that aren't me. I mean, it's also like I can say the Canyon Records awesome because I like this shit. That those other guys are doing. Yeah. 
my record, it's like, it's hard to say you're, well, it's an awesome record because it's yours. You know, it's not, it's not like if I do a bathroom, even when I do somebody's job, there's always something I don't like about it. You know, I'm like, fuck, I really wish that would have turned out just a little bit better. That's how I am with everything I've ever recorded ever in my life, ever. Yeah. I will never be, never be satisfied. Well, that's why, that's why it's good, you know, and, and, and you shouldn't, you know, yeah, you know, like, uh, you shouldn't feel that way. I mean, I, you should always want to do more like it, like the farewell Ben record. It got remastered. Mm-hmm. It made it so much better. It, it made sounds it so- really great. It sounds, I great. love it. Yeah. I love it. Really great. But, yeah. But you know, it's like you, you get together with people, but yeah, sparks was the first, first song, first solo record. I liked it so much. I did it on the second record. That's which, crazy. There you go. I did it with a full band and got it electric and harmonica and all that other good shit. But, and, but then again, like I didn't feel at that point, like I was trying to do anything. I was just making yeah. records. Fun. Yeah. Which, which is, which is just as that's when it switched gears was like Canyon kind of ended. And then my whole, my MO was changed. I just want to have fun and make good records. Yeah. You, but, did. you did it. I did it. You did it. And, and and of course, before the Brandon Butler song, we had Bob Seeger with Against the Wind from Against the Wind. So it's a classic. It's a classic, you know, and, and it's, um, you know, my, my old man, he, he loved, I mean, he liked Bob Seeger. He liked, you know, Southern rock and stuff like that. He was, uh, he was an old biker from central Florida and, you know, I, I kind of feel, it kind of reminds me of him. You know, he, he had a challenging life. He had a, he had problems with addiction and, mm-hmm. and alcoholism and, and um, he just, you know, that song kind of, yeah, it's, you know, at first I was like, I used to look at it and think it was kind of a cheesy thing or whatever, but, but you know, Bob Seger's a pretty serious artist and, you know, he's a hard scrapple fucking dude from yeah, Detroit, Michigan, man. Yeah, dude, he's got some serious, you know, you dig back past like, like a rock and all that shit and you go way back, dude, that guy's got some serious music history under his have belt. You, have you heard any of the Bob Seger sound system stuff? Yes, man. That, that shit, shit rules. Fuck, yes. <laughs> he's super great and so you know it, it i just think about my dad and how you know the challenges that people have you know because that generation didn't have like therapy they didn't have uh you should talk about that or well i think maybe you know you might have a problem you know no but they didn't have people to do that mm-hmm. so it was just sort of like you kept your mouth shut kept your distance and let people just kind of go under and even and especially in with the world he was in you know he's a pipe fitter and a welder so you know they're not going to talk about their feelings no. so i can feel like that song kind of if my dad could put into words and to like paint a picture musically of kind of like what you know kind of his struggle shit that that would kind of that would be a good soundtrack to it you that know be your dad's song yeah, I think so, man. I think it, it would be. And he he died two and a half weeks ago. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Yeah. So, you know, he um, fell alone in his house and broke several ribs and was in the ICU. And then he got out of ICU. He got a little bit better. And he uh, he had some hemorrhaging in his head. And he went back on the vent. And it was it was tough because I was I was the 
on his will, I was the guy that had to make the call. Oh, so, man. so four days into it, you know, so yeah, it's tough. So we were down there and we were going through his shit. And, you know, he had all these Bob Seger records, these CDs, you know, just kind of laying about. And just, you know, just um, a lot of folks, I think a lot of, a lot of, especially men of, of his generation, um, they put, a, you know, just they had a lot of these struggles because they didn't have the type of tools that we have. It's true. It's very true. Yeah. I trust me. My dad was is the same well not the biker part but my dad struggled with a lot of addiction stuff and definitely get it and the way i was raised is you just don't talk about you should talk you don't talk about it and and because you're a pussy if you do that's right yeah (laughs) you're it's not a man to cry a man doesn't do this man doesn't do you know and you just you know it's there's a lot of regret in that song Mm -hmm. but then there's also a lot of kind of you know those guys are into the whole imagery of there's some sort of glory in being a fuck up or something and you know that's kind of the, the biker thing you know they just this whole brotherhood and it you know it it, it looks good on paper mm-hmm. until until you know until you need your family until you need real friends and yeah, you know and 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 then you're fucked <laughs> then you're fucked so you know like i, I look at look at my situation and and with my kids and and my job and you know and 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 i think about you know well maybe i should have spent a little more time in school when i was in bands or maybe i should have done that or should have done this but you know i take care of my shit i don't you know let things get a hold of me you know i don't i don't drink anymore as a result because i think it would follow me like it did him Mm -hmm. you know i don't smoke cigarettes you know i i think they should hand out mushrooms and pot like a fucking vending machines but you know <laughs> soon here in oregon they just legalized uh what is it Psilocybin. yeah they just legalized it i think everybody who has an emotional problem should at least try microdosing some mushrooms mm-hmm. i think there is some sort of connection like n- n- neural your neural <laughs> pathways and shit get open that, that are closed it- pleaded yeah that can fix you know that shit and i've i've done my fair share of mushrooms and i and i have to say i don't wake up feeling bad or fucked up or like i've done like i've lost my shit i don't i don't get you know it's yeah. just also i don't like eat like a, a pillow sack full of them or anything but <laughs> well fuck you know if you did that you'd still be tripping i know but it, it you know if handled the right way I, you know I just, I just think that like the, it's just so funny what the, what's legal mm-hmm. in this country and then what people deem bad for you and illegal. Oh, I totally agree, man. I think alcohol is the worst thing that's legal. It's yeah. terrible. It's terrible, but marijuana and mushrooms, those are bad. Like that yeah. makes no fucking, the worst thing you're going to do when you get stoned is you're going to sit down and watch Die Hard fucking right. Vengeance for the 50th time and eat a bag right. of Doritos. That's exactly. the worst thing you're gonna do. Yeah, you get fucking it, hammered and try to drive a car. You're gonna kill a fucking school bus of children. You know, right. like it's bad. <laughs> right. You get drunk. You make horrible decisions. You yeah. know, you make you 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 know. I I can't tell you how many times you know being on the road in a band. You get into the you know like you've all been drinking. You got yeah. a heavy vehicle going down the highway. 
you know, in the middle of the fucking night, like, you know, when you just, yeah, you make horrible, horrible decisions, but, uh, you know, it's just, I, I don't think there's anybody that's ever, now I don't think you should go try driving on mushrooms. I think no. that's probably a bad idea. That's not good. But if you sit at home, you're not going to, it's not like you're going to do mushrooms and decide it's like a good idea to like beat your old lady because you're mad about the fucking dinner or whatever you're <laughs> no you're gonna like you're gonna probably end up hugging your hugging her and then hugging the chair yeah like you're just gonna love everything because right fuck it makes you just feel great on it you're gonna be like man i see fucking cookies coming out of the walls and they're gonna be like right. shut up i'm trying to watch tv <laughs> I know I've got nothing. I got nothing against that. I would be no. so much more upset. Like if my kid came home with big dilated pupils and was kind of like, what's up, dad? I would, I would, I would rather see that than like have him come home and like, you know, stink of booze and cigarettes, you know, yeah, I don't know. Vomit on the floor in front of you. Oh, cool. Right. Great. Yeah. Great. <laughs> you know, get a DUI fucking 17. It's yeah, exactly no shit. Um, well, before we get out of here, first thanks for your time I yeah love talking with you it was fun but is there anything you want to plug before we get out yeah yeah the farewell band reissue on spartan records it's how did that a, come about I, I mean i would oh at the giant's chair uh, i don't make any bones about it they reissued or they made a new record yeah they, um made a new record on spartan and it's really good and as everything they do is but uh, but now, like I think now with the recording process, it's just so much. It's not hit or miss. Like mm -hmm. if you get some shit in, in Pro Tools or or something, and uh, Dwayne Trower from Season to Risk and and Kansas City guy, he recorded mm -hmm. it. He's amazing. Mm -hmm. So it really brought out what that band should sound like because their record, Red and Clear, when it came out, was a good record. Yeah, but it didn't really sound so much like them it was a little thin and yeah not boxy and but that was the equipment they had and the budgets they had it was still a good record it was an amazing record i like their i like their early records they're great but this new one's yeah. fucking powerful very powerful like comes through the speakers and moves and you know and then so i think john at the spartan like we were and rabo john rabo mm -hmm. we've been thinking about reissuing it on on vinyl and it, um, getting it remastered. And Paul Malinowski from Season to Risk uh, and Shiner. Oh, yeah. Yep, he he, re he did the mastering. And it's on colored vinyl. Packaging's really great. And it looks awesome. John Spartan is just super, really, really cool guy. And yeah, so buy that. And then maybe if uh, the fest in Gainesville happens, we're still... We're still on the the docket to play. Yeah, we're supposed to go down and play it too. <laughs> yeah, dude. So that'd be, be great mean, to see. Hey, it'd be just... great to see you in person. It'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I haven't been down to Fest. I started going to Fest. I played every Fest since Fest Two till about Fest Twelve or Thirteen. And then I didn't go for many years, and I haven't been back in a long. Yeah, because like I was on two bands that were in on no idea. So. Yeah, I played them. I played a lot of them, and I know Tony really well. And yeah, he's super, super sweet, man. I, we're supposed to play, and you know, I, dude, I was so stoked when that got announced. It was like farewell, Ben's playing, and I called Tony, and I was like, "Get the fuck out!" And I just hung up the phone on him. 
And then, and then, and then the show was Pogo's on the show. Jesus fucking Christ. That record, man, that secret club record. Yeah. Oh, you know, I was like, well, let's check it out. You know, so I got, got it on the phone, right. Got it in the, in, the, in my truck and, and that thing, man, that fucking record is like, it's like if you have, it reminds me a kind of like if Tanya Donnelly was fronting Jawbreaker or something like it's that it's like Susie's got this really sweet voice that's like powerful and yeah. and she really fucking sing and really right and then you've got this this band that is just so tight and so amazing so I was that the whole time I was bugging Tony I was like well I'll tell you what got here's who we got to put on the bill mm-hmm. you know yeah. and I see him because I mean when am I going to get to see him you know yeah. are they coming to, they're not coming to Louisville <laughs> you know <laughs> so I, I, I really just want to see him live and then the world shut down and then 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 you know instead of you know believing in the fact that we can have a world pandemic you know instead of defunding the the fucking pandemic control center of whatever it was the cdc what, yeah what did trump take away he took away that took that show oh, the away. world health organization yeah we pulled out of that too yeah yeah so it's like and then you know when you've got china telling you the shit goes through the air and can just kill you in a matter of days they ignore it and so, you know, and then, you know, people here, they don't wear their fucking mask. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, it's just bullshit, you know, and, and I think that the vaccines are coming. I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be in the masks for a while. I think we should, but, but, you know, just, just another way that, you know, the fucking Trump administration just fuck burn the world down. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm scared shitless. He's going to be back. I'm I am just, too. I was actually thinking about that. Like, I'm I'm kind of worried. I'm kind of worried about 2024. If not, I mean, it's going to be someone in that vein, someone along family, that lines. Backass sons. I mean, the thing is, what's funny is there's so many Republicans here, and I get in this conversation. Like, they'll say something, I'll be like, "Well, you know, maybe that wasn't so good, or whatever." And they're so hardcore about this guy. I'm like, look, he's not John McCain. He's not Mitt Romney. He's not fucking Ronald Reagan. Um. At least with those guys, yeah, I feel like I'm not going to die. I feel like they would take a d- pandemic seriously. I feel like that at the at the core of their being, even though they may have some fucked up policy, they care about the people in the country. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I kind of look back and I'm like, "Fuck, dude, I'll take W back. Please bring him back." Isn't that funny? I had the same thought. Like when all this was going, like, on, I was like, "Man, yeah. this is terrible." But I mean, I just picture George W. Bush just sitting somewhere, going, "Well, that takes the pressure off me." Whew. Yeah, Fuck, those, I can sit back. <laughs> yeah, those war crimes, we'll let those go. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. So it, it's um. So hopefully, you know, I mean, the vaccines are going out. My mom's got her second shot to go do, and since I'm uh, a uh, essential, whatever. Um, I, I guess I'm in, in line to get my first shot. Well, that's really, good. Really soon. That's really great. soon. Like, I want to say like, a, I've got to check. Michelle kind of does this, but we've got neighbors that are, um, that have already had their, you know, had their first shot, second yeah. shots. 
and they're not old people just young folks so awesome I'm yeah just, i can't wait to get mine i just want to go back to shows and stuff i just i want yeah, to wear a mask i don't mind wearing a mask i don't care yeah i don't mind either it doesn't bother me i've gotten so used to it now that i just don't even notice <laughs> yeah and if i don't have it on like i was i was in home depot and i went in like 10 steps and i was like a couple people like the, the manager like because i go to the contractor right and they're like i'm like I, fr- I freaked out i was like oh shit i'm so sorry like i forgot you now yeah. you know so but yeah I, I i would love to go down there you know and just see all those bands and uh, you know you're gonna run into everybody their brother everyone, everyone yeah <laughs> I, I want i want to go down there i would like to tie it into um I mean, is it all ages, all ages? Like, can you bring like a. I don't know if it's all ages. I, I, from what I remember, a lot of the shows take place in bars. So I think it's definitely 21 and up a lot of the times. Right. Um, but there are some all ages shows, I want to say. Don't quote me on that. Um, it, again, it's been a long time since I've been down there. But yeah. Every show wanna... I went to is just a debaucherous mess. So it was a lot of 21 and over shit partying I'm oh sure. my god really oh my god. yeah oh my god not a party i will guarantee you this you go down to gainesville and it's a lot of kids that don't know what gainesville is during when it's not fest because i you know i would go down to gainesville quite a bit when it was not fest time so you i knew what gainesville was like it's small florida town college town there ain't shit to do other than go out to the bars and drink or go see you know hot water music play again for the right. time because or someone from gainesville playing a show but generally when you go down to fest there's always going to be a group of kids that you'll overhear anywhere you pass they're just gonna be like dude we get back let's get the band let's all move to gainesville and we'll just start it'll be awesome we'll live in gainesville we'll start a band and then That's they like- get there and then they get there and then they realize it's not anything like what they thought it was going to be like and then they move back home no Cause it's a serious, like three days of like ridiculous partying, ridiculous partying. Really? Like a bunch of punk rock indie type people just getting loose. Just hammered drunk. I remember the second year, the third year we played when you did registration, this is back when it was only like 60, 70 bands. We walked into this place called wayward council is the record store, like the volunteer Uh store in Gainesville. And you like sign in and they gave us our, meal passes and our passes for the weekend and then gave us a 24 pack of pbr and they were like there you go and they did that for every fucking band but of course they stopped that because there's way too many bands now but yes it's literally three days of just debauchery craziness but Craziness. it's fun it's a lot of fun yeah i'm old let's see how it works i mean yeah because it's just <laughs> i mean if you don't party you know you, you just you just people watch I mean, that's what I do now when I go down there. Or when I, the last time I was down there, I just people watched. People so, watched. Yeah, it was fun. Ant with Pogo. Yeah. Yeah. The guitar player is from my hometown. I think where he's from the same county, which is kind of odd. You know the band um, Dove, House of Lightning? Well, I know Dove. You mean Dove that was used to be the band Floor? Yes. Okay. You yeah. Yeah. Henry? I don't know him, but I know the you know, fans. He's a one of the first guys I well, he's a childhood friend, mm-hmm. like children. And we started our first band together called The Missing Children. And he was the singer. He did not play guitar. And when I left town to go um 
that's when he decided to pick up the guitar. How funny. And ironic was I was like, well, you know, he's he's not going to be too good at this. <laughs> he's pretty uh, good. He's pretty good. Dove played DC and, and like and all the old old heads were there you know all the punk rockers were there all the scene stirs whatever you know the good good people yeah. but the music were all hanging out because we were at this place called the warehouse next door and it, it was not random you did not just wander in you knew about the show you went to that show and i told everybody you gotta come see this band they're really good and so everybody's kind of standing around milling about doing the shit you know and they come out shirts go off immediately fucking bc rich crate full stack i mean it's like florida <laughs> core there might as well be spanish moss on the amp you know yeah. <laughs> into this just riff city i mean all heads forward blown away moved and when it was done i mean i i remember very distinctly like watching a lot of like you know very talented people talking about how that was the best shit they've ever seen in their life <laughs> i mean they were ungodly good i've never seen dove i've only heard their records i've just never seen them live unfortunately so good that was so so heavy just so heavy and his hands are just like he does things that like jimmy page style like just reminiscent of that like again i mean you know he's a really talented freestyle bike guy like that well, was yeah i found out do you remember i don't know if you remember the band reversal of man at all no. like hardcore band from florida anyway their singer matt copeland is a super good bmx bike rider too i had no idea i just knew him as a band as a dude in a band and then someone was like yeah he's a fucking really really talented and well-known bmx dude and henry clifford wilson we i used to call him cliff um but i think he his mother called him cliff and then i think after his mother passed away mm -hmm. he started to go by henry i think it's just like you know how people do they start new yeah so henry and um so henry is also an incredibly talented hairdresser well there you go and he used to, as children as kids I would take my $5 that my grandmother would give me to go to the barber shop in Lake Alpha, Florida. I would put it in my pocket and Cliff would cut my hair and I would come back with a haircut and I'd have five bucks. That's fucking smart. And then I would mow a yard and get five bucks. And so eventually I'd have like 40 bucks. I could, you know, I would go where there was a skate shop by then and I would go buy a deck. So that was how I'd buy my skateboards. Cliff would actually help me scam my grandmother out of skateboard <laughs> well that's great that's very sweet that's very yes. sweet of you sweet grandson action there well yeah. brandon thank you for your time yeah. this was a lot of fun um yeah. uh, again everyone go to spartanrecords.com and buy a copy of the farewell bend record also if you can go to apple music or spotify wherever you listen to podcasts rate the show and subscribe to the show or you can send me an email at gimme danger radio at yahoo and tell me whether or not this sucks all right anyway thanks a lot brandon see you Take man, easy, man. See you. seems like yesterday but it was
long ago Jane, it was lovely, she was a queen of my night There in the darkness with the radio Playing low end And the secrets that we share The mountains that we move Nothing left to prove And I remember What she said to me How she swore That it never would end I remember how she held me Oh so tight Wish I didn't know now What I didn't know then Against the wind We were running against the wind Against the wind
Against the wind.